Hello, and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and Sarah Jane Adventures and, of course, Torchwood. Uh, for she, Sarah Jane Adventures this week. Uh, my name is David, and as always, I am joined by the rib tickling Matt. Hello there. Hello, Matt. So, a couple of weeks since we last spoke to each other. Yeah, it's it's the like yeah. the first time I've really felt the fortnight schedule. Mm, how are you feeling about it? Um, I mean, I, I felt fine about it last weekend when I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> it was nice, wasn't it? I got yeah. some stuff done. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, but this week, this weekend, uh, has been all about watching the Day of the Clown for me. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll be honest, not all about it. Quite a lot of it was taken up with other stuff, which I won't bore the listeners with. Um, but yeah. Just uh, an hour in the middle of the day for me. Yeah. Um, and of course, in, in the fullness of time, I'll get your thoughts on uh, that particular episode. Um I've gotten a bit distracted, Matt, because I've just realised I've not made myself a cup of tea. Oh, see, I've done the opposite. I've made a cup of tea. Then you said, oh, you're ready to record. So I drank that really quick, made myself a new (laughs) one. Probably going to have to have a break to go for a wee in the middle. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go very quickly go and get myself a glass of water. Oh, okay. Um, So bear with me. I mean, I'll, I'll bring my recorder with me, so... Uh, if you want to leave this in the edit, if you're feeling super, uh, super lazy, um, then the listeners it's will get It's not about being lazy. It's like a little adventure for the listeners. They can join you on this, you know, little trip. Yeah, there we go. Imagine that, listeners. I've got actual running water in my house. I know. Most people think you live in a cave. Mm. Uh, might as well, to be honest. <laughs> walls, are, uh, walls in this place are like fucking cardboard, I tell you. Right. <laughs> At least with a cave. At least with a cave, you wouldn't feel like it was going to blow down in a strong breeze. Oh, it's, it has been windy and cold, hasn't it? <laughs> it's not been ideal. Um, I anyway. In, in light of the recent like cold... Bought myself an electric blanket. Don't know why I've not done that before. They are fantastic. Oh, I hear good things. I've never done it. I've got I've got a nice uh, yellow fleecy number draped over me as we speak. Ah, uh, see, my, also... my electric blanket is like a mattress topper, so it goes uh, under the sheet. It's a bit like a hot water bottle. Ah, uh, sounds pretty good. You know, if if you Probably thought like. last week when we talked about getting my car fixed, we were bereft of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, do you, I mean, I feel like, so is that replaced hot water bottles for you? Were you were you a hot water bottle fan prior? Uh, David, I've got a hottie botty with me now, because I'm sat oh. on a chair the other side of the room. Ah, fair enough, yeah, I mean, we've, we, we're, we're very much proponents of, of, of the old hot bot in this household as well. Um, I bought a George Foreman grill as well. I did like a big adult shop and just bought loads of Ooh. really grown up stuff. Yeah, that's that's the one where it's where the concept is. It's sort of slanted. Yeah. So 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 your 
your goods are, are, are you know, degreased through the power of gravity. Am I understanding correctly? Yeah, I cooked a big steak on it tonight and there was just beef yeah. juice everywhere. <laughs> Sounds delightful. Um, and I bought, uh, bought a new calendar. Yeah. And I didn't buy one that was like, oh, look at these funny dogs. Just one of those plain ones. Oh, I've been no, a proper grown-up this week. I, I, I have gotten into the habit uh, since working from home of getting a um, classic Doctor Who calendar. Oh, I see. Because it's just it's it's nice. It's nice to have have um, you know a bit of bit of Doctor Whoiness in my workspace without fear of judgment from uh, colleagues. See, because I like to entertain guests, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, did you did you finish your purge? You were going to purge your house of all your Doctor Who crap, um, you? In fact, I've still got one envelope that I think mm. was for James Courtney, but he never sent me yeah. his address. Um, uh-huh. And I'm pretty certain I said I was just going to send it to someone else if he didn't, so... Probably yeah. send it to Rod Henderson. I've still got his address. Yeah. Clock's ticking, James. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think he's about a month overdue, if I'm honest. Well, there you go. Well, uh, speaking of months, David. Yes? This is a good segue. It's January. It's, it, I've noticed. And yeah. in our little text exchange this week where we put in, you know, times together for recording... Yeah. I describe January as our period where we're bereft of ideas and we just throw stuff against the wall, see what sticks, because yeah. any good idea we have ends on, you know, New Year's Eve and we've got to start <laughs> fresh. Yes, indeed. So we're both coming in with new ideas this this recording, aren't we? We are. We are. Brand yeah. new ideas. Yeah. So without further ado, is it okay if I go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go for it. Right, well, there's a bit of a story as to how I reached my new, you know, little bit of the show. Um, Yeah. So, you may have noticed, David, this week, I I mentioned it on pod before, but Mm -hmm. the review of Reign of Terror that I did with Shona, host of My Adventures in, and I always get this the wrong way around, is it My Adventures in Space and Time? Yep. Well, that, that released this week. Yes, it did indeed. And I, I, I was really pleased with it. It's always a pleasure to work with any of the After Show crew. Um, yeah. But For you, you, you get a brief taste of what it's like to uh, work with an actual uh, dedicated professional. Yeah, yeah. There's like standards and, you know. Yeah. Um, but off the back of that, <laughs> David... Also in January, it's the month where I like to ban listener tweets. Just have a month off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we, we received a tweet this week I think I need to address. Okie dokie. Because we got some criticism, David. Ooh, okay. Okay. So, I, I, I won't name names. You know, I don't think it's fair that we air dirty laundry like that. But someone basically mm-hmm. sent a tweet just going, Guys, love the show. Informative, funny can't get enough of it but i just hate matt's voice oh really (laughs) in in particular hates that quite frequently i start sentences with the word like 
Do you? More than average? Well, I don't feel so. But when I, I, I listened yeah. back to that episode, and if, I, I think I maybe did, but obviously guesting on someone's podcast, I was, I was quite nervous. I wanted to do a good mm. job. And I, yeah. I thought the easiest... I, I'll be honest, David. I, I was pretty pissed off when I got that tweet. I thought... You I know, can imagine. We, we did a good job. We were trying hard. I don't think you know, it warranted that criticism. So mm. I thought the easiest thing to do would be to just come on our pod this week and just bash that person, you know, name and shame. But I, I drew breath and I thought, what would David do? You know, because obviously this guy has an issue. Yeah. And, you know, it, it requires solving. So what mm-hmm. I did was donate in this person's name to Speech and Language UK, a speech therapist charity, so that in <laughs> the future he never has to hear anyone with these sort of speech problems ever again. Wow. <laughs> Very thoughtful of you, Matt. Yeah. Not, not passive aggressive charity donation. That's, yeah. Uh, so, like I say, that's impressive. In the future, you know, he might be walking down the street. There could be a little kid with a stammer or something. He's going to go, "Oh, for God's sake!" Well, no, not on my watch. I'm going to solve this problem. Yeah, uh, very thoughtful of you, but Matt. Obviously, uh, I, I will say. I will, sorry to interrupt, but I will say. If you think that's what I would do, then you've got a very high opinion of me, Matt. Uh, uh, because what, what, I, what, what I what I would actually do in that situation uh, is say nothing and just let it eat away at me for several months. Ah, oh, David, it's been a long two weeks. <laughs> but off the back of that, that brings me to my new segment of the show. Okay. Because if I say the word like too much, I'm just going to mm-hmm. start a little segment called What Matt Likes. Ah, Great. David, this week, what I like is when people keep their opinions to themselves. (laughs) Noted. Now, I don't think that segment's got legs, so I'm probably just going to halt it there. I don't see it going the distance. (laughs) Oh, it it might do. You never know. Let's give it one one more episode. Yeah. See how we feel about it. Yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty certain this guy who's like, oh, love the show, love the show. Mm-hmm. If he loves it so much, he must have heard us talk about our complaints procedure. He hasn't followed that. No, evidently not. No. Well, I'm pretty certain anyway. last time we mentioned it, the complaint procedure was throw your phone in a river or just listen to <laughs> something else. <laughs> Both valid options. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm over it. I'm not bitter. No, I can tell, Matt. I can tell that it's water off a duck's back to you. Yeah, well, you're all right. He's your biggest fan. He loves your voice. I don't know why. It's a terrible voice. I sound sound like a sort of Argos version of David Mitchell. Who wants that in their life? Well, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Well, anyway... Um, should we move on to my contribution for a brand new segment now, of we, the show? Now, we alluded to this last week. This is... We did. We we think this is the winner. We think this is the one. I think so. There's been a, a lot of thought and preparation and consultation that's gone into this. Yeah. Um, what I'm proposing, Matt, I, I'm taking into account that the most popular segment of the show we ever had 
was where we would discuss what we'd been eating and, you know, particular highlights of the past seven days. Um, and, you know, people have clamoured for us to bring it back. We're, but we're very, very clear on this. We're not bringing back Meal of the Week. No, Meal of it, the Week. It, it has... It's been over a year since we've done Meal of the Week. Exactly, exactly. Um, and perfect timing for uh, my partner to come downstairs now that little Zorbs is in bed. So I'm just going to quickly take myself up upstairs. Don't need anything, do you, love? No, I'm fine, thank yeah. you. <laughs> good, good. Just some personal space. Yeah. <laughs> Duly noted. Good luck with that because... Um, this dog wants to uh, wants to be on people. Mm. He doesn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, listeners, what I was saying was, um, you know, meal of the week. It's done. It's 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 run its course. Yes, Mabel. Mabel agrees, which is good to know. Um, but. You know, we. I I, I I want to temper that with the fact that I do recognise, I really do recognise that um, it was it was a really popular segment, and I had to think, and I thought maybe there's a middle ground here. So Matt, what I am proposing is that we introduce a brand new segment to our show with the working title, and it is just a working title, uh, Meal of the Fortnight. Because, of course, we're on a fortnightly schedule now. Mm. So it's a brand new... So it's, 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 it's inspired by Meal of the Week, but it is by no means the same feature. No, it's like... what What's the phrase people use? Like... Is it a legacy sequel? You know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 It's I, it's, I like it's a it. rework. I think we could have hit on something here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, it, it only remains then for me to ask you, Matt, what has been your meal of the fortnight? My meal of the fortnight probably was yesterday. Uh, right. I I took my parents out for brunch. Mm-hmm. And again, like, is is there anything more satisfying as an adult than like treating your parents? Hmm. Like, <laughs> like I, I did the classic thing of like we've we'd got brunch and you know we'd eaten our main brunch and it was we were going to get a coffee afterwards and I snuck mm-hmm. off to the loo but whilst I snuck off I secretly paid for everything. Ah. Uh... Um, Very sneaky. In fact, I might even send you the picture because I don't know if words will really do this justice. Oh, I, I, I'll happily uh, take a butcher's okay. at a picture of your brunch. So it should be on its way to you now. Okay. And what you will see there, David, is a brioche bun. Now, yes, it's a brioche bun. That contains smashed avocado. Yep. A fried egg. Uh-huh. And then it's got like a surrogate patty that is mm-hmm. fried halloumi. 
Oh, I, I was, I, 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 my breath was baited there, Matt, because I thought, I looked at that and thought to myself, oh, that's not a great big hunk of fried halloumi there, is it? It is, and with a little is. bit of chilli jam yeah. on the side. Good Lord. I, w- I would eat the ever-loving heckins out of that, Matt. I, I think brunch is the only meal where the vegetarian options are preferable. <laughs> you know, yes, I like what? a big cooked breakfast, bacon and sausage yeah. sarnie, but like that was 10 out of 10. Yeah, that looks good. That looks good. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that. <sighs> well, I've got two strong contenders. Both home-cooked meals good, by good. my my lovely partner. Um, sorry, just checking. I'm still recording. Yeah. Um, the first of them was um, was uh, I had on the e- <laughs> the evening following the recording of uh, our last episode, so nearly the full two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a lovely kedgery. Oh. When was the last time you had kedgery, Matt? I think, again, I think the last time I had it, I went to some restaurant and it was there as a breakfast option, like a brunch mm. option. It's, it, is, it is traditionally like a breakfasty, brunchy thing, but we often do it for dinner just because yeah. it's, it's a nice, easy well, one to do. all the components are like dinner yeah. foods, aren't they? yeah. But it's just inexplicably worked its way onto the breakfast menu. Is it worth us explaining what a kedgeri is to the listeners? Yeah. We've got a few international listeners. So it is It is very much a product of uh, British colonialism. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, you know, let's not beat around the bush. It is the the almost the poster child for what happens when you send a send a bunch of uh, British toffs over to India and ask them to uh, make the best of it. So it is a meal. Uh, it usually involves uh, uh, rice cooked with spices, um, usually a few vegetables thrown in there, almost a bit like a uh, biryani or something. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. In, but in addition to that, smoked fish and eggs. <laughs> Is it traditionally haddock? Uh, I think often we tend to use a bit of smoked mackerel, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that lovely stuff with, like, uh, little bits of peppercorns and stuff on it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Do you know what? I haven't had Good smoked stuff. mackerel in an age. I'm going to write that down. Oh. I'm going to buy some on my way out tomorrow. I, I thoroughly recommend it. Thoroughly it, recommend it. It's one it. of those and things I love. I, love, love I absolutely love, but genuinely don't think I've had it in the last ten years. Ah, Little Zorbs has recently discovered it, and uh, we've actually (laughs) made Kedri again the following week, and uh, he, quote-unquote, helped my partner to prepare it, which mostly involved him sneaking about about a third of the packet of mackerel before it even made it into the pan. Um, But, yeah, so that, that was a very strong contender. The other one... That I am considering is um, was a uh, chorizo hash, which um, my partner made last night using, of course, uh, uh, plant-based chorizo procured from a Sainsbury's, which is an, an unusual shop for us. Yeah, 
Yeah. And we just happen to be in the vicinity of a Sainsbury's. And it's always fun when we're in a different supermarket to see what, what kind of plant-based oh, uh, I, I stuff they've this, got. David. Now, now yeah. we're doing Meal of the Fortnight. Do we... Uh, we can't bring back weekly supermarket chat, but I might do fortnightly supermarket <laughs> chat because I think first, it'll again, often work its way into it. Yeah. For the first time in forever, I went to Booths recently. I haven't been there in a while. Oh, did you? Did you? What did you get at Booths? Uh, so they do like meal boxes, you know, like Hello Fresh. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I got there. It was. It was basically like. A bolognese pasta, some sort of ragu mm. thing. It was really nice. Sounds good. Yeah. I, I, last time I was in booths, it was uh, to get a few Christmas beers for myself. Uh, well, I'm the... currently doing dry January. Okay. And I'll say no more on the subject. Well, then. I haven't managed the full January because I think I had... Basically, I wasn't planning on doing it. And yeah. it got to January the 2nd. Yeah. And I was going back to work on January the 3rd. So I got in a massive sulk, drank all the Christmas booze that was left. <laughs> which involved several gin and tonics, like a bit of whiskey, a <laughs> uh, couple of beers, you know, just baby sham, just all sorts. <laughs> right? And I was yeah. in such a mess the first day back at work uh, that I was just like, right, I'm just going to not drink for the rest of the month. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm weirdly accumulating quite a lot of booze. <laughs> like, it's funny, I, didn't, I don't think I really drink that much. I never, you know, go out drinking. Mm. But, like, the other day, I was just at my mum and dad's and my dad was like, oh, there's a slab of lager in the uh, back shed you can have if you want it. Like, my dad just, I don't know, my booze cupboard is full. Jeez, yeah. Well, I, I mean, nice problem to have, is yeah. all I'll say. Yeah, just wait until um, we do our first recording in February. I'm going to be absolutely battered. <laughs> um, but, yeah, okay, so I, 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 I'm still umming and ahhing. As, as good as tonight's chorizo hash was, I don't think anything is topping uh, the Kedgeri. Because uh, it, it, up until up until recently, it had been several months since since I'd last had a Kedgeri, and uh, it's just a real treat. I, I think it speaks volumes that it's stayed in your memory, stayed in your mind for two yeah. weeks. Yeah, and that we decided we were going to, because we all enjoyed it so much that we'd just bang it out again the next week. Yeah. That's usually a sign of, of, a, of a good meal. Um, um, any, so there we go. Anything else noticeable happened for you over the last fortnight? Uh, I mean, the the honest answer is yes, definitely, but not anything I'm prepared to talk about on pod just yet. Right. Um, so that's very cryptic, and I'm sorry because I'm not usually withholding with the listeners, but I have good reason in this instance. So, um, is it the rocket you're building to go to the moon in your garage? <laughs> Very much a Wallace and Gromit type yeah. affair. Yeah, don't worry. Everyone will hear all about it when the local news report goes viral. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've done anything else. I started watching The Last of Us. That's the new big series on TV. <coughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, I've not played The Last of Us, but I'm aware of it. It to me, it seems like the most redundant possible thing to do a, a TV adaptation of, because my impression of the video games are that it's essentially an interactive TV show. Uh, you to would begin with, not be wrong. Um, yeah, so I, I think I was once on Harry and Luke's. Who can convince you, Pod? And yeah. I basically said The Last of Us is probably the best computer game I've ever played. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love it. And the TV show, I feel, did it justice. I really, I had a good time with it. Yeah. But would you say, like, d- did it did it bring anything to the table that was lacking in the video game? Um. So the story was almost beat for beat the video yeah. game. but there's a couple of points it expanded so for example like I, I don't think this is a spoiler in the video game mm. you're just kind of walking around and at some point you bump into your brother right uh, whereas the TV show it's like oh your brother's missing you're looking for him so it expands it a little bit okay um, but yeah that was pretty good um, i trying to think if I've watched any movies I watched Conair the other day um, yeah I think, is Con Air the best shit movie? I don't know, never seen it. Ah, uh, well, don't waste your time. Yeah, it I'm is, aware of it. It's absolutely rubbish, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what we, we've been watching recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was one of those things where, like, my partner and I were really on the fence about introducing little zorbs to uh hilda are you aware of hilda oh yes yeah 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 Yeah, on the old netflix um because if we're being honest it's geared towards slightly older kids yeah but but little zorbs is insanely resilient when it comes to mild supernatural horror Boy, oh boy, does that kid love a monster or a ghost or general spooky shenanigans. And um, he's absolutely hooked. Like, I don't think he would appreciate watching it if we weren't there on the sofa with him. Because it provides that sort of extra level of comfort and reassurance and we can talk through the trickier bits. But we're really appreciating... I feel like it's the first time... We've had a show as a family that we're all kind of getting something significant out of, even if we're not getting quite the same things out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a good sort of stepping stone towards some of the other stuff that we we are desperately looking forward to introducing him to when he's ready, you know, the likes of Adventure Time and uh, Steven Universe and Gravity Falls and uh, uh, all, all of that good sort of stuff. Um but, uh, yeah, so a strong recommend uh, so far, I would say, Hilda. I think we're six episodes in at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a couple when my niece and nephew were a bit younger. They quite like Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good stuff. It, it, it really... It does a good job, I think, of uh, capturing capturing the old sort of spirit of adventure you'd get from stuff like Tintin but without all of the uh, casual racism 
Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, just just uh, rather blasé attitude towards violence, especially towards animals. Um, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good, it's good solid, uh, well-meaning stuff. But, yeah, definitely... Like if if you if you've got a child of a delicate disposition, there's some there's some proper there's some stuff that will put the willies up you, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. I've been to. I'll have to try and think about where this was, but I've been to. I think it was. It's weird because Tintin's Belgian, isn't he? Yes. But I went to the birthplace of. Is it Hershey? That wrote, yes, that's that's correct. And yeah, it it was whilst I was on a trip to France, so I want to say it was right. in France. Okay, but it could yeah. well have been Belgium. But yeah, I've been to the Hershey's like museum and like yeah. there's a massive Tintin statue and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used to I mean, like yeah. Tintin when I was little. Oh yeah, let's let's not let's not kid ourselves, Tintin. Uh, is great, and there is still a lot of great stuff in it, but uh, it is absolutely a product of its time. And I think, as with as is the unfortunate thing with so much of, when it comes to like beloved childhood um, properties, if we're being honest, there comes a point when we just have to let them go. You know, I was thinking about this in relation to, you know, have you heard about this new flipping Velma show they're doing? No. And, oh, they're doing a, a, another sort of ironic take on Scooby-Doo. And I'm just like, Scooby-Doo has been iterated upon and, you know, reworked inside out a billion times at this point. And I think... It's just time as as a culture for us to say, you know what? We've we've had enough Scooby-Doo at this point. We can let it go. How much Scooby-Doo is too much Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I think I think the answer was probably by the mid 1990s we we'd done enough. I don't I think we could have stopped Scooby-Doo there. I uh, <laughs> and like it's fine. Scooby-Doo's fine. But it's this, it, and unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's a capitalist thing as much as anything. And, and uh, I should also say, I appreciate the irony of this coming from a Doctor Who fan. Whereas if ever there was a show that, you know, has just clung on to dear life for, for decade upon decade. But uh, I don't know. At least with that, reinvention is kind of baked into the concept. Yeah. Whereas I think with something like Scooby Doo, it's it's all of these like sort of ironic reimaginings and things. The sort of like oh yeah, we we it's you know it's it's a. I I just I find it all quite tiresome. I really do with that sort of stuff. Right, um, I'm going to make a note. Yeah. Next week I'm going to ask you what you think of the Flintstones. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, we've done half yeah. an hour. Should we talk about we... <laughs> Sarah Jane Adventures? Yeah, yeah. I've got a few things to say about this one. I don't know about you. Um, Day of the Clown. Um, what did you think of it, Matt? You know, is it a good story? 
Um, I don't know. Like I quite liked it, and I didn't guess the premise. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was okay. I th- I would go so far as to say, it was solid. Yeah. I I you know there are nitpicks. There are nitpicks before, and I think, as is. I think I need. There are two things that I need to stop saying about Sarah Jane Adventures because they're not going to change. Um, and I just need to accept it for what it is. Uh, one of those is the fact that, boy oh boy, you can tell that they are working on a shoestring budget. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, li- there, limited was, sets, limited no costumes. No visual effects this week, was there? Yeah, but almost none. Almost none. Um, but that you know, that's fine, and that can breed creativity. Um, the other thing that I think I just need to acknowledge and not keep harping on about is I'm not. I'm still not wild about using Sarah Jane Smith as a proxy doctor. And there were, again, a couple of moments in this story where I felt they were doing things with Sarah Jane Smith just because they were basically following the template of a Doctor Who story and Sarah Jane in, in this uh, in this show is the closest thing they have to the Doctor-like character. And so she gets she gets sort of lines and moments that I just feel like... They're not breaking the character, but to me, just don't really... It, it, it comes across like, oh, that's just a Doctor Who line that you're giving to Sarah Jane Smith. Mm. Um, and, you know, part and parcel of that is as well, I still strongly dislike the Sonic lipstick. It's, it's just needless, um, you know. isn't it? Well, the thing is, from a writing perspective, it's a really useful plot device. You know, to, to have your main character have a magic key that can unlock doors and mess about with electronics and scan things and, you know, g- giving your main character a magic wand means that you can take an awful lot of shortcuts and pack, pack a lot of story into a short amount of time. And I get that, but it. What I hate about it is, I feel like it cheapens the Sonic screwdriver in just the same. I have just the same problem with the character in Partners in Crime. You know, the villain, the nanny character in that. Yes. Because she has a Sonic device, and I'm like, you're just a random one-off villain. You you haven't earned that. Uh, What what I really like is the symbolism. The Doctor, he could, if he wanted to, have a big ray gun. Yes, yeah. For him to choose not to have a weapon and to have a screwdriver, which by its very nature is a problem-solving device. Yes, yeah. But then it's just... That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. What what, is what are we saying with that? That that Sarah Jane Smith's power is in oh, her nice. appearance, mm. which is, I mean, 
I mean, there was always an element of that with with classic um, companions, and well, let's be honest, it's modern companions too. That there is this element of them being, um, you know, to an extent, eye candy. Not just that, but that's yeah. always part of the consideration. But that that especially rankles when you have a show where where Sarah Jane is is the lead and it really like mate what if it even if it was just like say sonic fountain pen you know she's a journalist she's a seeker of truth and a teller of truth um that that would have more more resonant symbolism with the character i feel like um but you know like i say no use crying over spilt milk with these things, is there? We're, we're, we're two series in. These things aren't going to change. It's not suddenly going to have an enormous budget and it's not suddenly going to um, lo- loosen its grip on the things it has established for itself at this point. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try going forwards to let those things go and just try and accept the stories for what they are and in that spirit yeah i think the day of the clown was i might go out on a limb and say the best sarah jane adventure story we've had this far yeah see that was going to be my question because last week we did say we were going to say you know is this better and we'll keep going week by week is it better than last week and i i would agree i think I mean, I can barely remember some of the old ones, but of series two so far, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. weird, because if you think last week we had, like, an iconic Doctor Who villain and everything, but... Yeah. <clears throat> but I think as an original villain goes, the uh, the entity... I don't think we ever get a definitive name for him, do we? But the entity we get with this one is genuinely memorable. Mm. I mean, not least in part because of, of who's playing it. But um, that, in, in some ways, it's good. It's I, I'm happy to see Sarah Jane Adventures establishing its own memorable villains yeah. and not just and not just being reliant on uh, kind of the, the the runoff from Doctor Who, if you like. Yeah. Um, it's nice for it to kind of stand on its own a little more. So, um, yeah, shall we get into the nitty-gritty of this one? Right. So, this is The Day of the Clown. It's from the 6th of October, 2008. Uh, it is the second serial from Series 2, written by Phil Ford and directed by Michael Kerrigan. Yes, indeed. So second in a row for Phil Ford, isn't it? Yeah, and when I had a look, Michael Kerrigan had directed some classic Who. Oh, has he? Yeah. Do you want me What's to he do done? It? Yeah. If you if you got it, it's a hand. I, I don't. I was actually when I opened to Google, I'd been listening to the Misfits earlier. Uh, Michael Kerrigan. He also directed the Doctor Who serial Battlefield. 1989. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah, that that's McCoy era. 
The last to feature Nicholas Courtney as Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Sure is. It's okay though, because they've really done the characters justice since. Oh yeah, yeah. Such, such touching and fitting tributes. <laughs> he turns into a rocker. <laughs> <laughs> right he's like Inspector yep. Gadget <laughs> so okay. the episode opens with some kids playing football and they lose the ball it goes over the fence and yep. Tony goes to look for it do you know how Tony goes to look for it how I know Tony looks for it David <laughs> because the uh, one of his uh, his colleagues yeah Says Tony about a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. If that guy was annoyed with me saying like, yeah. imagine what he's like with uh, old Tony. Tony. It, I think it's uh, even the same soundbite. Just repeat. Yeah, it it, it really it, it's, it reminds me so much of that uh, scene in I'm Alan Partridge. Yes. You know, the, the Dan, Dan. Dan. Yeah. It was. It really. It, it, I. I couldn't help but think of that yeah. with with that one. So, not a strong start. That no. first scene is it. Um. So yeah, Tony finds the football, but something's yeah. like whizzing around him as he does. Yeah. Uh, and it's a clown which does a big jump scare. Yes. Yeah. Now I will say. Okay, I've got a couple of things to say about the whole clown business. Uh, one is definitely as we're saying with Hilda. This is pretty strong stuff for kids, I would say. This is definitely the furthest they've pushed the scare envelope thus far on Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, well, first of all, can I ask you, Matt, are you, are you scared of clowns? No, not really. Yeah. Nor me. Like, I mean, I, obviously there are examples where they are used to great effect as mm-hmm. as a horror trope. But um, not as a rule, I wouldn't say. I'm scared of clowns. But having said that, I was thinking about this. Would Do you agree, Matt? We are basically at the point now where clowns in media are infinitely more likely to be used as the sort of horror trope variant, the scary clown, than actual proper clowns. Yeah, like... And I can't think of any other example of that where the sort of... the kind of... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Appropriation has actually kind of trumped the original iteration of something. Yeah. Do, Uh, Do you remember a few years ago there was a guy in Northampton that was dressing up as a clown and then going around town scaring people. It was a whole craze. It, it, it yeah. wasn't just Northampton. Yeah. A bit unnecessary, isn't it? Yeah, it's lucky I still wasn't at uni there. I'd have punched him. <laughs> right. Luke is reading an email from Maria. And Sarah yep. Jane mentions there's been a spate of missing children. Luke quite clearly misses Maria and mm-hmm. Clyde arrives to explain there's a new family moving into Maria's house. Yeah. Uh, How are you feeling about Clyde these days? I made a note of it later where yeah. he, his character seems to have made a bit of a left turn. Uh, 
here, doesn't it? Like, I know he's like the string-wise funny one, but in this, it's like, hey, I'm funny. I'm going to tell you loads of jokes. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I like him. I hope, I hope they calm that down just a little. Yeah, I get it <laughs> for this episode, but like... Yeah. How many times can I hear him say, I'm the Joker in the pack? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Sarah Jane demands confidentiality from all involved. And Clyde says, well, should we not check her house out? It might have some alien stuff left from when Maria lived there. Mm. Uh, so, they bump into the new girl at school, and it's my favourite classic Who villain, the Rani. <laughs> Yes. Imagine if that's the payoff. <laughs> She's regenerated go, into a schoolgirl. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that is not the case. Oh, I'd love it. I, I think I would know about that if I were. And, and I okay. Speaking of which, I should probably be upfront here and say one of the things that I knew going into. Uh, this show was that sooner or later we would meet a character called Rani played by uh, Anjali Mohindra Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew this in large part because she featured in um, an episode of Whittaker Era Who um, playing the Scythra Queen do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Also, same interestingly, person. same person. Also, interestingly, she's in a relationship with uh, Sasha Dewan. Well, she's a little young for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wait, you'll find she's probably grown up since she say, filmed are, are this. Parents aware of this? <laughs> She's still at school for crying yeah. out loud. But yeah, so I think she she is an actor who has stayed within the Doctor Who orbit mm-hmm. to a greater extent, and I think possibly has probably had one of the better careers overall of the kids in uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. I could be wrong about that. Well, they, they, I, they could all have gone on. As to I say, last week careers. I googled the girl who played Maria. Yeah. I didn't realise she's in... Have you ever seen the film Submarine? I haven't. I'm aware of it. It's uh, directed by uh, uh, Richard Iwadi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, she was in that. I might have said that last week and we might Ah, have a conversation. But yeah, I didn't recognise her from that. Right. Rani sees the clown and we're introduced to the new head teacher, Mr Chandra who is super strict and hates Clyde. Yeah, like... Now, David, I'm going to get in close to the microphone for this bit because I I work in a school and I'd hate Clyde too. I've met a thousand (laughs) kids like Clyde and I hated every single one of them. (laughs) Yeah, fair juice. Yeah. But, excuse me. Um, But having said that, Matt, in your experience... Uh, which is is considerably greater than mine. If you had a new head, swan in, and give a speech like that, would you not be a little perturbed? 
Um, I have worked, the school I've worked in, we once got a new head teacher. And the very uh -huh. first thing he said to me was, there's a new sheriff in town. And he, oh, good God. He lasted less than a term. <laughs> oh, he, he trusted. it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a complete Liz Trust scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it's the kiss of death, that, isn't it? Oh. He might as well have said to you, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're looking for strong and stable leadership. <laughs> right. Um, Rani sees the clown again. Sarah Jane visits Rani's mum. Unfortunately, I was worried... That when Maria left, we'd lose mm -hmm. Maria's mum. But it just seems they've just transferred all those characteristics to Rani's mum. <laughs> I would say and this is probably more to do with the performance than what's on the page. And let's be honest, possibly just the northern accent. It, it reminded me of. But, now, here's a computer game reference yeah. you won't have got. But um, right. in in... The role-playing game, Final Fantasy VI. Which yes. There's a bit, and it's right towards the end of the game, there's an emotional moment where one of your party members dies. And yeah. it's sad because it's not like in the game where they die and you just bring them back and continue. It's like a story point that this old man, this old wise sage dies. For about ten minutes, then his granddaughter turns up and she's got exactly the same skills and powers he had. <laughs> and I feel what we've done here is similar. Mm. But yeah, what I was going to say was I do feel like, and even if it is just a matter of the performance rather than anything on the page, Rani's mum seems a little nicer. Well, like, yeah. I I mean, she does I, keep I passively, think... aggressively calling Sarah Jane Sarah. I see. I don't think that's passive aggressive. I think no. She's I just think she's playing it off not... as being dumb. But like when she like goes, Sarah Jane, go, yeah, 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 whatever, Sarah. You know, she's doing <laughs> the Ron Swanson where she gets people's names wrong to prove she doesn't care about them. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Uh, so Sarah yeah. Jane scans for alien tech. Meanwhile, back at school, Rani wants to befriend Luke. Uh, Clyde throws a basketball at the head teacher. Yeah. Honestly, I'd exclude him. And as I've said here, Clyde is uncharacteristically over casual. We know he's casual. We know he's cool. Yeah. But whilst he's doing that, he sees the reflection of the clown. But it escapes him. Yeah. And when he catches up, it says, all I want to do is give you a balloon. And even at this point, I didn't know who it was playing the clown. No, not at all. With makeup and, and, and the voice. Um, yeah. Impressive work. Yeah. yeah. So they're interrupted by the head. And Clyde says to Luke, look, I've got to tell Sarah Jane about the clown. But Luke doesn't see it when Clyde does. Eventually, they see the clown, they run after it, and Rani joins them to stop Clyde taking the balloon. And, oh, yeah. Would you believe it? When Rani's dad pulls up outside the house, it's only oh, the head teacher. Word. Oh, who could have seen that coming? Mm. 
And then I've just put, everyone has a lovely chat in the street. Yeah. That, that scene went on too long for my liking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it definitely did. Is that one of is that one of the scenes? Uh, no, it's a bit later on. I'll I'll, I'll save that thought for a bit later on. Uh, it's worth. I, I feel like again, this is not the important point, right? But do you not find it a little bit odd that um, Rani's family are moving in on the same day that her dad is? doing his first day as the yeah. new head of the school. Like, uh, if I were him, I would have tried and got my ducks in a row that I'd, I'd maybe moved a little bit in advance of my first day in a new job. Well, <laughs> I've been trying to do school, both at you once. Get, you can, you're entitled to a day's leave if you move house. Yeah. Also, like, what what's the scenario there? Did he get the job and he's like, that house is available, let's just get it? <laughs> like didn't even look at it like, yeah who knows I don't know I don't know yeah but anyway that's is, like I say not the important point here right but it, it did strike me uh, Clyde tells Sarah Jane about the clown uh, Rani's dad has taken one of the missing boy school books to check for clues about where he might be missing he's also like some sort of absolute PI detective in his private time um, yeah, and the boy has drawn the clown all over his school books, and it yeah. appears to Rani as Luke arrives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clyde and Sarah Jane go to football practice, and one of the boys there remembers the clown giving out tickets. And I can't. Oh no, no, no! It, it's later on. I'm going to make a point about Clyde and Sarah Jane in a bit. Okay. It turned out Clyde's mum also gave him a ticket, which is to a circus yeah. museum. Uh, Rani... Well, I, I, it's worth mentioning, I think Clyde, because Clyde says, you know, uh, he plays it off like he's too cool for school uh, kind of thing. But I, I think what Clyde's doing there is covering, and because at first he didn't want to admit that he'd taken a ticket. But then he was like, oh, my my mum gave me this. But I think the implication there to me wasn't that his mum actually did give him the ticket, but that he took the ticket at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's all for a circus museum. So uh, there was a ticket in the missing boys' books with all the drawings. Mm -hmm. So Sarah Jane and Clyde go to Spellman's Circus Museum. And yes. We'll talk about the ringmaster in a moment. But we will. when she introduces herself, she says, Hello, I'm Sarah Jane, and this is my friend Clyde. He's a schoolboy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, she's as bad it's... as bloody Sasha <laughs> I mean, I guess nobody nobody goes around introducing uh, I, I always feel like she needs to say, like, this is my ward or something. No, but, like, <laughs> if if we'd gone out and I was introducing you, yeah. it's age-appropriate for me to, like, oh, this is my friend David, right? Yes. But you could say, oh, this is my son's friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if if I yeah if I met up with you one day and you were just hanging out with a 14-year-old girl yeah, just and like, you oh, said to me, friend. oh, this is my friend, <laughs> I, I'll be honest... I would, I would question what I thought I knew about about our friendship. Yeah. 
at that point. You probably press record on your phone later using <laughs> evidence. <laughs> right. But they're greeted um, by yeah. a ringmaster. Yes. Played yes, by indeed. none other than Graham himself, Bradley Walsh. Yeah. Now then. Now then. Uh, did you know that Bradley Walsh was going to be in, in Sarah Jane Adventures? Oh, not at all. No, I I was aware. I had seen a screenshot of Bradley Walsh in the Ringmaster getup. So I had an inkling that he might be showing up at some point in this story purely because you had the clown and, and Ringmaster, like the circus connection. I thought... Well, if that character's going to show up anywhere, it might be here. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, even then, like I say, I, I had no idea it was him playing the clown as well. Absolutely none. Um, so it, it's interesting to me that, like, basically the two things I knew about Sarah Jane Adventures other than that Sarah Jane was in it, i.e. Um, there was a character called Rani... Uh, played by the same uh, actress who played the um, uh, Skithra Queen, and that Bradley Walsh shows up as an evil ringmaster in one episode. It's weird that they happen in the same story. Yeah, it's all Uh, surprises from here on now, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. There's one more thing that I'm aware of, but I I won't... uh, Actually, maybe a couple, but... Anyway... Uh, only in terms of like other people that I think might be popping up at some point in the future, um, but uh, yeah, a, a, a lovely welcome surprise. Mm. Uh, he doesn't half ass him, does he? He doesn't. I mean, I will be honest. I do not know what kind of accent he's attempting no. as Mister Spellman. I don't think he knows it... himself. <laughs> It it vacillates wildly between sort of French, German, and generic Eastern European. Yeah. But, you know, it it, it does the job. And and I think when you're playing a sort of of creepy, uh, non-specific sci-fi entity, I think a dodgy accent is more than forgivable. Right, so uh, he is Elijah Spellman and he educates them all on clowns until Rani and Luke arrive. Clyde sees a picture of the clown, says, oh, those are the colours it was wearing when it chased me, and it's the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, All the clown mannequins come to life and attack. I thought they were going to be autons, I won't lie. Just it, f- it felt a little bit like knockoff Autons, didn't it? Yeah, they're it? just robots he controls with his brain and we just sort of, you know, wave yeah. that away. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Son- uh, Sarah Jane Sonic lipsticks them and they escape. It turns out Spellman is the Pied Piper and Odd Bob the Clown. Yes. And that's where the first episode ends, where he's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. eat your... Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think his, the, the, because he does a sort of like southern, like a sinister southern American accent, doesn't he, for, mm. for Odd Bob, and that I will say is actually surprisingly good. Um, he really, 
leans into the sinister in a way that I didn't think Bradley Walsh was frankly capable of. No, no, like, um, yeah, when he's yeah. on Bob, it, it's a good turn. Yeah, it really is. Um, so they fight him for a bit, and he freezes yeah. when Rani's mum rings her on his mobile. And I had yeah. a moment of panic that that was going to be like the message of the episode. Like, hey guys, let's all just put our phones down and get to more traditional forms of entertainment, like the circus. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, thankfully, that's not quite the direction this goes. No. Um, yeah. yeah. I so, think we'll touch on, touch on that a little more later. Also, there's a weird bit where they're being chased by the robot clowns and the clowns are all yeah. like going... And then just an ele- that model elephant just makes a noise. That what? Sorry. The model elephant that's in the museum, but that oh. that hasn't come to life. So Spell <laughs> must have just with his brain just gone. Oh, go on, make an elephant noise. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. That must have just that must have just been something somebody chucked in in the edit. Mm. So yeah, they escape and go home, and Luke says to Sarah Jane, "You need to tell Rani everything." Um, yeah. Rani wants to be a journalist like Sarah Jane, so she's naturally inquisitive and says, Oh, I'm going to give you the choice. You know, it's like the Matrix red pill, blue pill scenario. Mm. Um, so they take her into Sarah Jane's house. This, go... this, sorry I, to, to, to interrupt, but this was one of the points I was thinking of when I was saying it feels like they're just they're pushing a little too hard on the Sarah Jane as proxy doctor thing. That whole, like you can go, you can walk away, live your normal life, or you can come with me and you'll see things you'll never be able to imagine. And yet it feels so much like the sort of, especially what you get with, with like tenant era. I I was thinking Sarah Jane should have gone in her house, then stuck her head around the door and like gone, Oh, did I mention it travels in time? Exactly. Yeah, it it re- they they, I feel like they belaboured that a little too much to the point that when you actually get inside and first of all the downstairs is just a normal house. Yeah. And then the the upstairs is just a, a very large cluttered attic. Well, yeah, Rami <laughs> like girls. Wow, a talking yeah. computer. This was two thousand and eight. I had an Xbox three sixty. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think I'd be looking at Mr. Smith and being like, I'm uh, my mind blown. I'd, if anything, I'd be uh, like, going, why have you got this antiquated computer up here? <laughs> and why is it always such what? a song and dance when yeah. it makes an appearance? Why? Yeah. Why? Why is it still running Windows ninety five? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, do you I'll, think I'll Sarah honest. Jane Smith's got an Alexa? <laughs> I mean. I don't know whether she would have at this point. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If she can, like, hook it up to, to Mr. Smith, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Yeah, it, it, it feels like they're trying so hard to just replicate the magic of Doctor Who. But I'm just like, you can't... You can't just do that. You know... It's, it's special for a reason... And I just wish this show would have the confidence to let go a little of that and just be its own thing. Mm -hmm. Like, for all we slated Torchwood, 
I felt like Torchwood was a lot better at getting out from under Doctor Who's shadow and being its own show. Yeah. Where, yeah. Whereas this, it to me... nods as to Doctor good... Who rather than just copying it. Out yeah. Of yeah, whereas, whereas to me, Sarah Jane's Adventures still feels like, when, even when it's at its best, which I would argue this episode is so far... Um, it's still kind of operating more as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, there's a very specific medical term that's, you know, when, when you give patients like, like morphine as a, as a substitute for mm-hmm. heroin. Um, but it's that kind of thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it, it's, it's a substitute that will tide you over until there's more Doctor Who to watch. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. It, it'll be autumn anyway. before we know it, David. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Right. So, they use Mr. Smith. He detects that there was a meteor a year before the Pied Piper. Uh, yeah. And mercifully, that meteor is on loan currently in the UK. And it's at the Pharaoh's yes. Institute. Have we seen that before? We have. We definitely have. It, um, it I, I want to say to it's one of the ones. It was the second of the Slitheen stories in series one. Because okay. they had that little obnoxious child prodigy. Yes, I remember. Uh, and it turned out it was a Slitheen child. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the this is the scene where Sarah Jane shows up and just lasers a chunk off a meteorite and 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 pretends like no one's going to notice that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. She's got no respect. No respect for anyone's yeah. property, including their children. Yeah. I, it was it was a weird moment with that because I was like I couldn't tell if it was an intentional joke or not because Sarah Jane says, "Oh, I'm only going to take a tiny bit. No one's going to notice." And then she goes in and she, like, clean takes off, you know, one lump from one, from one, from one side of it and, and just leaves this, like, you know, smooth, flat. Like, if, if, if you're a scientist who'd been studying that meteorite for three years and it gets back to you after being on loan and, and like, you would notice, right? Not just that, but when she wasn't... says, oh, I'll take a little bit, it's about the size of my bald yeah. fist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it did, But to me, it felt like it wasn't quite brazen enough. It didn't feel like it was being played as a joke. Oh, no. But it it, it should have been if that's the route they were going to go down. Because that it would have actually been funny then. But instead, I was just there feeling like... Come on, Sarah Day. Who are you kidding? No one's going to notice that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So Sarah Jane has a contact at the Pharos Institute and she gives Rani a force field. Uh, later that evening, Sarah Jane's looking at clowns and Luke says, why yeah. are you afraid? Turns out growing up, she had a clown puppet and it was the first time she ever cried out for her parents. Uh, yeah. Yeah, again, it's like we get it, clown people find clowns scary. Yeah, 
Yeah. I did quite like the bit where Rani's mum goes to bring her a cup of tea and bumps into the force field. <laughs> yes. That bit made me yeah. laugh. Um, so, there's a balloon in the garden. And this is where Sarah Jane steals a bit of the meteorite. And oh, sorry, I was skipping ahead there. It's fine. Spellman appears to her as Odd Bob. And he claims to be beyond understanding. Mm. He knows about okay. her puppet, but when Rivers returns, that's Professor Rivers, he disappears. Yeah. Um, there's loads of balloons appear at the school, and yep. they start to possess the children. They yeah, we're going full Pied Piper. Together. Yeah, yeah. So, Mr. Smith works out that Odd Bob is an entity created by fear energy. Hmm. It's just like... Sure. You know, it's not an alien, but, like, doesn't make any less it's, any more sense, does it? No, it's... it's uh, That's fairly bog-standard Doctor Who logic, isn't it? We can't... We can't be sneery about that, no. I don't think. No. So all the kids start walking to the museum... And Sarah Jane want, works out that Odd Bob doesn't necessarily want the children. He just wants their fear. Uh, yeah. So she gets Mr. Smith to call all the kids mobiles, which blocks Spellman's powers. Yes. Um, Odd Bob then, as payback, kidnaps Luke. And yeah. Takes him into the circus museum. Yeah. Where it's all a bit freaky and weird. Yeah, we get this really, I think, genuinely pretty cool, like, Hall of Mirrors scene where um, it kind of puts me in mind of the sort of thing you'd get in, like, Peter Davison era Doctor Who, mm -hmm. where it all gets a little bit experimental theatre. It reminded me oh. of when we watched that... Patrick Troughton's story where there was the unicorn and everything. Oh was, yes, yeah. yeah, the mine robber. Yeah, yeah. So that uh, that, that yeah that that lifted this this story for me a little bit because you know I like a bit of weird and 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 I, I it was nice to see them actually really kind of committing to that for a little bit. Um, so yeah. Uh, Rani and Clyde break into the museum after Sarah Jane had locked them out. Odd Bob says, you know, he's kidnapped hundreds of kids over the years and over time yeah. they all vanish. Uh, Clyde and Rani tell some terrible, terrible jokes, but it makes Sarah Not Jane good. laugh and it depowers Spellman. Yeah. So the meteor in Sarah Jane's pocket glows and sucks Spellman back inside. And then, yeah. I like this, because he's such a dangerous, deadly foe. Sarah Jane just locks him in a box, puts it in a drawer. <laughs> it's like a magic alien box. Give her some credit. It's got a little LED on it. Yeah, it's made of some sort of special steel, I think she says. Mm. Uh, I did like that Rani's dad just wrote it all off and just went, oh, it was just a prank on me on my first day at work. Yeah. Let's all I, have curry. I'm concerned about 
Rowdy's dad and his uh, his whether or not he is fit for his, for his post. I mean, let's be honest. He's seemingly unable to rationalise any behaviour. No, and but it, it, but then deeply concerning potential safeguarding issues. He can shrug those off. Oh yeah, everyone just easy went peasy. Over it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, but yeah, sure, whatever. We need. Uh, let's be honest. We need to wipe the slate clean for next week. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. But yeah, not yeah. B- not a bad episode. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good overall. I so I did like as you were alluding to earlier that it turned out it did have that ring of. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say this was particularly just R2D. I think Moffat was guilty of this sometimes as well. That kind of like, oh, modern technology, it's bad because it's modern. Um, you know, I'm thinking of things like the the Atmos sat-navs in uh, yeah. the Songtire and Two-Parter. And, yeah. and, and, Wireless uh, headphones blue... turn you into a side Oh, mouth. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of that sort of nonsense. But I really liked that at the end of the day, I was like, oh, yeah, all the all those kids' mobile phones actually saved their lives. Yeah. You know? Um, obviously, the, the reality is a little more nuanced and probably lies somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. But it was nice to have a bit of counterbalancing to that usual kind of RTD-type messaging about technology. Um and, uh, yeah, I had one other thought, and I can't remember what it is now. Probably not that important. Yeah, I, 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 here's, a, here's something to end on, Matt. One story in, mm-hmm. what do you make of Rani as the new addition to the team? Um, I don't know. I, I like the fact that... I... I, 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 I I don't know how to say this without it sounding like distasteful, but because right. because her parents are together and you've got that stability, and she seems to have less drama and angst going on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I, I just feel that works a bit better for me. You know, no, Mar- I, I, Maria I, I was can... always interrupting the story with her own worries and you know life issues whereas yeah it might just flow a bit better i i certainly i appreciate that they've not just they've not just tried to do a carbon copy of maria mm-hmm. she feels right from the off a different person um the interest in journalism is of course a little on the nose and convenient but by the same token what better person to introduce into a world like this than someone who is naturally curious and wants to get to the truth of things. Yes. Um, and also, I think that is a really good... That's a really good thing to be kind of showing to to a younger audience that it is, is a worthwhile activity and a worthwhile set of values to have. Yeah. To want to find truth. And, um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, be asking difficult questions. So I'm all for that. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, 
I don't know how long she sticks around for. I don't know how long anyone on this show sticks around for because it seems, it seems they will drop characters at the drop of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, but I hope she sticks around for a while. I think, obviously, she's she's got on to have a pretty pretty solid career and is you know is a decent actor. And in fact, I know relatively recently. Big Finish even announced they're doing a box set with her, re- re- uh, reprising the role of uh, Rani. Oh, wow. So she's enough of a fan favourite to to get the Big Finish treatment. But then also Big Finish, do, you know, have done several class box sets. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, who knows whether this is going to be a big seller for them or not. But um, I thought that was interesting and notable. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for this series. We've we've had two pretty strong stories thus far. Yeah, and one thing I would say, because we were guilty of saying this all the time for Torchwood, they've been yeah. fun. Yes. Gosh, they they really have, haven't they? I've been I've been enjoying myself with these. Um, so. Hopefully, that will continue as we move on to the third serial in Sarah Jane Adventures. Do you want to know what it's called, Matt? Oh, please. Uh, it is called Secrets of the Stars. Ooh. So, yeah, nice mysterious title there. I'm quite intrigued to see what, what we get with that. So, do join us, listeners, in a couple of weeks from now when we will be discussing Secrets of the Stars. But until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. I was doing a yawn then. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.